Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be talking about the whole uh, Dashy and Rambo drama for pretty much all the news segment. A couple other random things with uh, Illy maybe having some visa troubles and the surge and optic deal news that we didn't really get a chance to talk about because we got more details. Then we're going to be going over some of the matches for the past weekend, talking briefly about our thoughts on um, some of the bigger ones and then our thoughts on the team's overall following uh, the first week of matches of Major 2. And then we're going to get into our predictions for the second week of matches. And then we will wrap it up and watch some COD this weekend. So if you guys enjoy, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. Um, on YouTube, at the time we're recording, we're at like 898 subs. We're just a couple subs away from our next goal, which is 900. So if you guys are listening and are not subscribed and you're enjoying if you're on YouTube, please be sure to drop a sub. That would help us out greatly. Um, excited to get into this one. Excited to talk matches. The whole uh, Dashy versus Rambo war on Twitter and on streams and stuff went down. And we haven't had a chance to talk about that on the podcast at all. So excited to you know give our thoughts on that as well but before we get into any of that brock how you doing today oh we're doing pretty good on this fine monday monday night evening whatever you call it you know work today like usual pretty boring but you know watch watch listen to flake at work you know catch up catch up on some stuff you know and we're just let's get into the news yeah we got a lot to talk about in terms of news compared to you know, we're a little bit before like normal roster mania season, so there's not mm-hmm. as much news where like post major two will probably have a lot of news surrounding like roster rumors and stuff and changes that might be made. And you know, obviously in the offseason, basically all we have to talk about is news because we don't have matches to talk. So, you know, we kind of sit here and we're looking for things to talk about. And this week, Optics certainly gave us some stuff. Uh the Dashy versus Rambo war, yep. basically on the timeline, on multiple streams, on the flank, everything. Um, it kind of started, obviously, the whole the roster was made. Not a whole lot is talked about. We kind of figured it probably was something with, you know, the chemistry of the team because obviously it'd be pretty odd for Dashy to be dropped for performance or talent based things because we know he has an abundance of that. Um, and then Optic uh, on the podcast with Shotzi and Rambo and Scump and Hex, they were talking and basically said it was like an unfixable internal issue that they had and like. Apparently, they claimed Dashi was giving off really bad vibes. He showed up late. He wasn't trying. Um, and then that's kind of like, I don't know. You can give your thoughts on this too, but I feel like that's kind of like all what we figured it was. Probably something with like with effort with Dashi not giving the best effort and all that. And we kind of figured like, yeah, that's not that shocking. That's kind of how it's going to be. And then, you know, that was that. And then all of a sudden, Dashi started to fight back. Is that kind of what you thought, though, initially before we dive into the Dashi part of it? Like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's what we hear about Dashi all the time is effort issues and stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely does. Like from like in past, he had show blade to practice and all that like before, and they'd find him for that. But I thought recently he'd be he's doing a lot better than they they said that he's done. But yeah, effort trying every day, I guess. Yeah, so like that news comes out. I don't think anybody's really shocked by it because that's like what we've always heard. Now, yep. granted, who knows? That could be a narrative that's pushed and that's false because we're not in the camp. So technically. Could be a bunch of people lying about it. We don't know, but that's what we figured. That's what we thought. They confirm it. It's like, okay, whatever. But then Dashy all of a sudden like tweets something and like he's ready to talk to somebody. Then all of a sudden he goes live on stream and just starts fighting back on his side. And he claims he was the only one who was trying at all and like offering tons of input. And then everybody else would just be radio silent when he was trying to offer input on how he thinks they can improve as a team. And he made some pretty decent points. Um, and I kind of already mentioned how like we don't necessarily want to like dive into i'm on dashy side i'm on rambo side because like 
There is so much at play in the inner workings here that Brock, me, basically nobody listening to this knows because we weren't at the practices. Like yeah, we don't, we don't know. <laughs> but from speculation, like if the things that Dashi is saying are true, it is very interesting because, like, I can see a world where you know anybody can see a world if you played a team sport, if you played uh, a team esport, if you played really anything on a team, you can kind of know like if you're fed up with somebody, like even apply this to your sport, like. Let's say it's a basketball team. It's five on five. And there's some guy on your team that you're just fed up with. You hate playing with him. Now you're not excited to play with him. And like he offers you input. How much like Brock, you've played a lot of sports like growing up and stuff too. Like how much are you really going to like listen to that guy versus a teammate that you really like and respect and know you want to keep playing with. If that guy's giving you advice or the guy that you're just fed up with annoyed with, don't want to play with him at all. You're like done with him. He gives you advice. You're just going to brush it off and probably not actually give him any effort back and like be constructive with it. Definitely, definitely. Kind of happy with our coach in soccer. Not gonna lie, like, yeah. School. We kind of just, you know, it was wasn't the best coach. We needed him gone, and he was giving a lot of input. He was showing up late to our practice as well, and we just like brush him off. We wouldn't even listen to him half the time, and it was getting real bad. So he had to go. Yeah, so, and like that affects your performance because, like, mm-hmm. even if it's like subconsciously, like you're not going to give that guy your full effort because you just stop believing in him, and yeah, like. Maybe in their mind, they were done with him. Just like you guys are done with that guy. It's like, you're just not going to give him your full effort or attention because you just, you don't care as much anymore. He just like brush him up. Don't care. Don't, not really li- like listen to him a lot, but like, you know, maybe some things he says, listen, but for the so betterment like, of the team, yeah. they can listen to him. <laughs> yeah. And like, to me, that's where I see, like, maybe that's the vibe that Dashy was getting. Um, Like kind of putting on the hat of defending Dashy for a moment. That's kind of like, I don't know if this is what happened. This is me speculating, but I think that that could be something that could have happened. Like they just, the team just was like, after maybe he showed up late that one practice that he admitted to, they were just like, he's back to his old ways. And they just got this idea in their mind that, you know, it happened again. We're done with him. Like he's been bad vibes because him and Rambo are arguing. Like we're just done with him. Maybe got that idea in his head. They stopped trying as much in scrims. Um, Yeah. Like like pushing the narrative. almost. But then from their point of view, Dashy's getting frustrated because they don't want to play with him. And they're like, this guy showed up late once. He's arguing with our coach all the time. Like, he's like just bringing really negative vibes. And their point of view is like, this guy has just like been toxic. And that's like what they said. So it seems like just a complete misunderstanding of two parties, maybe a 3v1 against Dashy. And then the whole Rambo thing comes up. And he says, uh, apparently, Rambo leaves for scrims early uh, on like, I don't know if it was just one day a week for bowling league, um, <laughs> which. I don't know. That's that's something interesting. Um, They're interesting. Yes, like la- he apparently it was even an issue last year. They were saying like he would just like say like okay, Troy's got second set of scrims today, and Sender would be like in charge. Um, mm-hmm. and then Rambo would watch the VOD back, and I can see Dashy's gripe with that because obviously like this dude's supposed to be your full time coach. Like, why is he leaving? This is his job. Why is he leaving early once a week? Like, if you had to make an exception every once in a while, just like any job, like every once in a while you got to make an exception. Okay, but like if it's weekly, it's kind of like what are you doing? Like. Gotta be there for your job. So I can I can definitely understand Dashy's frustration there. Yeah, definitely. He's probably called them out too on it. I didn't like that. <laughs> and I can also see Dashy's frustration with he was saying like he called them out and nobody else seemed to care and like nobody like thought it was a, de- a big deal. Like if I'm Dashy, I'm like, this dude, like, this is supposed to be his job, and he's just constantly like just like brushing it off and like not showing up and not being there the full time. Like I can understand Dashy's frustration there hundred percent. He's like, you see this guy leaving mid-second scrim? Yeah. Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. Like, here? <laughs> I can see the frustration there. And also, like, I can see his frustration. Like, he said Rambo was apparently only recording the minimap for 
their scrims and for their mm-hmm. VOD session. Now, granted, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know more about Call of Duty than Rambo. I don't. Rambo is a multi-time champion, been to multiple COD champs, grand finals, been a coach or been around the game. Rambo knows more about COD than me. That's not the argument I'm trying to make here, but yep. I know enough about COD and I know enough about the analysis of COD. I've, I've worked with the CCL and worked with individual college teams and done analysis for them and done coaching. And like, I know enough about the coaching role in COD that minimap, very important. It's very important to watch, learn spawns better. You can, you know, just see the way that you were broken. You can understand a lot of it from a, a minimap. But also, you need the players' POVs. Definitely see what they're seeing on the map. Yeah. Because, like, you can kind of tell, like, based on where the arrows are in the minimap, if a guy lost a gunfight here, maybe they were able to flood through this angle and, like, break a hill that way. That's, like, true. And, like, maybe you need to adjust to that. But, like, it would help. It'd be helpful, like, for you to be able to see the POV and maybe the angle that that player chowed from or, like, the timing he took to chow it or, like, did he dolphin dive that corner did he crouch did he snake that heady did he like just jump chalet did he like slow peek it like there's a yeah. lot that goes on to the pov and you can like learn like oh it seems like every time he chowed me where he like slow peeked that he died but every time he jump chowed me he won it three out of four times like you can kind of like be like oh and then you can build off that so like watching the player povs is also very important maybe sometimes like one guy just got joked by an online killer just got absolutely destroyed and like nine times out of ten that's not gonna happen yeah definitely. i just don't see why they they can have both 100% because both are important the minimap is also very important yeah and like I I just don't understand the whole overcompensating thing too that he mentioned like once again we don't know how true this is but like I kind of resonated with Dashy a little bit because it feels like he's almost a little bit misunderstood in the situation and like everybody just went with the narrative that was pushed right away of him being lazy and like I don't want to just bury a player because like, yeah, we've heard that narrative forever, but like this is the first time Dashy ever spoke out on it. And like a lot of the points he was making seemed pretty legit. And we haven't heard optic like rebuttal them besides like one Rambo tweet. So I wonder how legit they're, they're realizing they might be, but like the point he made about, I don't know if you heard this part of it. Cause I don't know how much you were able to listen to, but like Dashy did say, um, he did say like, in one example, like in Hardpoint, somebody got a very lucky random spawn like behind them on a hill that was like one out of a hundred, and then three pieced them, and it was apparently like their best hill. And Rambo yep. like wanted to completely adjust and change everything just for that one random spawn. And Dash is like, "No, why would we change? This is our best hill. We're the best at it of any hill in the game." And somebody got one random lucky spawn, broke us, and we're gonna change completely to adjust and hope that random spawn happens again. Yeah, I, I definitely I did hear that from Dashy. It's like you, you can't really account for that one of the hundred times. And we know the the nature of the games are playing nowadays. Like, yeah, random spawns are always going to be there for now. And like, I just I don't know. I've always thought of COD in I almost think of it like the slasher way. I've always thought of COD in a way like a very analytical way. Like that's kind of like. How I've always why I've enjoyed search so much and I've like search has always been kind of my game mode that I've it's been my strength because I feel like I always understand very yeah. well like in COD and specifically in search really in anything in COD and in most esports games more F, most FPS games um, whether it's Val that we've been playing a little bit more lately like you have to take high percentage fights you have to make every fight high percentage and that applies to like them holding that hill like if that spawn only happens one out of every hundred times, you shouldn't play for it. You should 
play for the high percentage play that's going to happen most times. If something's going to happen 95% of the time, you should play for that 95% of the time. And guess what? If that thing that happens 5% of the time, that random spawn happens, that's just unlucky. But you should be playing for the thing that's going to happen 95% of the time, not that it's yeah. going to happen 5%. Like, yeah. Just like in a challenge search. like In a challenge search, you should be... It's always like you try to make it better than a 50-50. You try to take that power position. You try to like bait that guy mm-hmm. into challenging you and you getting the first bullet off. Like, Always take the high percentage thing. That's that's why I get yeah. his frustration there as well. Yeah, always take high unless you want an eagle chow. Yeah, like that's Call of Duty in a nutshell. Take high percentage every time you can get it. Yep. I know. Yeah, it's like I, I don't really get that part from Rambo, but he's a coach. But also like Rambo, obviously, with Optic and under contract, maybe he can't rebuttal as much. Maybe Rambo has a bunch of rebuttals that would make us completely believe what Dashi's saying is false. And like maybe Rambo has an explanation, but like we haven't been able to hear that. So a little unfair yep. to Rambo, which is why we said we're not going to sit here and take sides, but we're going to try to see it from both points of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Rambo, very successful Call of Duty player and coach. So like we said, maybe he has his way that he believes works and it's worked for him. So he can't understand why Dashi doesn't think it works because, like, I can also see that being a point of view as well. It definitely like can have his old his old his old ways, and Dashi has his ways. You know, they collide and don't mesh. And like Krim was talking to Dashi and really roasting him, he said like Rambo had his like sheet he passed out to them, like Call of Duty Rules One Hundred One, <laughs> and it was like the most basic stuff, like you have to rotate at thirty seconds. And like I'm a big, big, big proponent of the opposite of that so if that is true that uh maybe would make me lean one way or the other but like i'm a big proponent of like it's not black and white there are different situations you don't want to rotate to every hill at 30 seconds some of them maybe you do but like there are certain situations where you have to hit that scrap and hitting that scrap will get you that extra 15 seconds that will make the difference and i know you're a big proponent for hitting scrap too yes it's situational yeah it's it's just situational and it's like it's not black and white like if you try to make the game black and white and like do the same thing every time, like you can have a, a rough system, but there has to be ways to bend that system to make plays. Cause like eventually yeah. you're going to become a very beatable team. If everybody knows exactly what you're doing every single time, this guy rotates out and he goes this way. Like you can have a system, but like yeah, gotta be a little bit of flex. there. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like to go with the flow of the game, you know what they yeah. give me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Probably spent enough time on that, but that's, I got a couple questions on Twitter asking if we were going to talk about it today and stuff. And I was like, yeah, we got to talk about it because obviously it's the biggest news pretty much of the the year that's not match related. So I had to talk about that <laughs> kind of relating to other news. It's basically all optic involved news because of it was they basically dominated the news cycle this week with the roster moves and stuff. But yep, um, Dashi apparently certainly interested in playing with the phase boys. Obviously, that would mean he would replace Slasher says multiple teams have hit him up, but he likely won't uh, be able to move to a new team until probably after major two the face thing's interesting obviously like any main ar i don't think that's really news in my opinion because any main ar is going to say they want to play with the phase boys like Mm -hmm. not even main ar any player is going to say they want to play with the phase boys like the the selling simple bz trio so that's really not news in my opinion yeah everyone wants to play for that team so it's not really too much news (laughs) but apparently he probably won't be able to move until after major two which also isn't really news to me because i kind of figured that'd be the case he won't move on until after that Mm-hmm. yeah i wonder if he would where he would go or if he stays yeah and, and speaking of that though illy apparently having some visa troubles we heard like shots of sand stream that they thought that it'd be fine it'd be worked out before major two and he'd be back in the u.s and able to attend major two um would that mean dashi would sub in then if illy is unable to make it that'd be awkward yeah that'd be a little a little awkward as 
hell. <laughs> Imagine Dashi just comes in, they win the event, and it's like, well, shoot, we kind of have to keep him in the lineup now. Yeah, won't that be something? <laughs> um, I I will say though, like, I'm a little bit worried. I really hope Illy gets it figured out because the dude's been through enough. I mean, last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. The thumb injury had to just absolutely be torturing his mental and like he went through enough with that. Um the guy's got so much passion, he just wants to play COD, man. Uh that's all he was, that's all he always wants to do is play some yeah. good old Call of Duty. <laughs> got the thumb issue now, he has visa troubles, and like I've heard a million times in the past, like, oh yeah, it'll be sorted out before this date, and it almost never seems to be. So I really hope that's not the case here. Like in Scumps last year, we don't want to see Optic have more roster issues than they've already had. And like last year with all of Illy's issues where he wasn't able to play it with his thumb and stuff, like I really hope it gets sorted out and he's able to come in because I don't care if this was a guy on Florida or London or wherever. Like we just we want to see teams at full strength. Like we don't want to see random people having to sub in. Like, yeah. Can we just have a year of everybody at full strength and then everybody gets to square up? Like that's all I want. Uh, definitely. We need Illy back ASAP. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about when we get to the matches, but he fried this weekend from the Toronto facility. He played really well. He did. Many are illy. Yeah. Uh, then our last piece of news, like I said, Optic dominated the news cycle this week, but the Surge apparently did uh, Hex and Optic kind of dirty with the Pred deal. Apparently, they basically came to him uh, and they reached out for Pred and they were basically like, here's our number. And Optic's like, all right, we'll get there. They got to their number. And then Surge was like, actually, just kidding. Here's our number. Optic got there again. And Surge was like, okay, just kidding. Here's a number for a third time. And Optic met him again. And then they were like, yeah, just kidding. The deal's not going to happen. Um, and according to Hex, it kind of seemed like they didn't have any intention of doing the deal the whole time and kind of strung him along. And now, from like a neutral standpoint, <clears throat> I I guess maybe I can see the Surge's point of view where they're like, we'll bait into Optic, we'll make their roster even more in shambles because it'll be made public that they're going after Pred. We'll string them along, not let them practice. And then like, they'll have to pick up a last minute pickup and maybe in their eyes, they thought they were making optic worse. But in my opinion, I just, I feel like that's kind of bad business, kind of unethical in a way. Like if you don't want to get rid of a player, don't tell somebody you're interested in getting rid of them. Just if they approach you, are you interested in getting rid of Pred? Just say, no, we're not. Okay. And then the deal's done. You don't have anything because like, well, it may have helped you in the short term now. I feel like in business, in life, this is kind of a principle for me in life. Like, if you do somebody really dirty, it may not hurt you in the short term, but like, eventually it's probably going to come back around and like bite you. Like, when you really need a deal from Optic later on, they're probably not going to be the nicest to you. Definitely. Yeah. Sir just wanted to see how high they could go <laughs> with it. And yeah. Like, how, uh, <laughs> and they might have screwed themselves over for next year trying to re sign Pred because then they realized how much Optic's willing to pay and they're not going to be able to match it. Yeah. They're like, holy crap! Up and like, they keep, they want to pay it. <laughs> they come. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and like, like we said, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to believe Hex because he seems like a pretty trustworthy person within the scene. Um, but I just, I just don't understand the point of doing like dirty business like that. To me, um, some people yeah. might call it strategy or whatever, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel like at some point you might need a deal from Optic, and if, um, if you were straight up with them right away and told them no, I'm not saying they had to give them pred because they certainly did not have to give them pred, but like. When they came and approached, just say no. Be like, no, we're not interested. We wanna we wanna run this year with Pred and see what we can do. Um and then yeah. I'm sure Hex and Optic could be like, Okay, thanks for talking, thanks for telling us right away so we can move on to our next option. But like mm-hmm. you just, I don't know, that's just not the way I would do business as an as an owner, as a GM. Kind of string yeah. people along because at some point it might come back to bite you when you really need Optic to come through for a deal for you. 
Yeah, definitely. They tested the waters. Who knows? They might need Optic to come through for a dashy deal for them. I don't know if it's going to happen anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and if I'm I'm Hex, I'm absolutely saying, uh, screw you. Uh, You strung us along like this. Dashy will not be on your roster. Yeah. Karma. All right. Now that was about 20 minutes of news. Obviously, we thought we might talk a little bit long because that dashy news dominated the headlines. We're going to dive into talking about a little bit of the matches. Don't want to do anything like crazy in depth because like like I said, we did uh, we did that stuff talking about the optic news for so long. And now we've got to do some reactions to the matches. Maybe going to talk like briefly individually about matches if they were really good ones but more going to talk about like the outlook of of teams like we like to do like where we feel about the team after seeing their matches this week um and then we're gonna do our predictions so try not to keep you guys for two hours we'll maybe not go like super in-depth into the matches this week uh, when we have maybe a little more time in a week where we don't have so much news we'll do a little more deep dive but yep. the matches this week we're gonna go one by one maybe mention our thoughts on some teams um toronto versus london first match not a super shocking result here. I think you would agree. Toronto 3-0. Not shocked. Um, no. I mean, in terms of outlooks of these teams, might be time for another change for London. Maybe you give them a little more time. I have an opinion on like the whole giving people time that we'll get to, talking about the flank and talking about when we get to the rocker, but um, I'm not mm. shocked. I think Toronto is, like, in my opinion, still a top three team for sure. I, I think they're right up there. They're one of the top teams in my opinion. Yeah, there's more talent than London. <laughs> I mean, London, probably what? Bottom three. Toronto, probably top three. Like, very big yeah. discrepancy in where these teams are at. Yeah, definitely. But Asim looked crazy. He tried, he tried his all. Yeah. I mean, that's been the story of basically the year for London, though. He's been a top-tier player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just been let down overall by his teammates. But Scraps in his return series had a .92. Not the absolute worst series. Certainly not a great series, but... He had some moments, like especially in that control. Um, yeah, in hotel. I think it was in that control in hotel. Yeah, like where he was, he was making some plays. He was looking, yeah. he was looking pretty good. Honestly, pretty good from first first match in a while. Yeah, I mean, Two Scrappy years. continued his dominance. Yeah, Standy played very well. I mean, Kleenex had like a little bit of a stinker with the point eight one, but overall his damage numbers were pretty solid and like. Once again, like I said, Kleenex's KD is so misleading. If you just go, if you weren't able to catch a match and just go back and look at the KDs, a lot of times Kleenex does have like a point nine or something, but like you watch the guy and you can see the impact he's having on the map. Yeah. Also, standing and Scrappy both dropped the 1.38 basically. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty unbelievable stuff. Them. I mean, I don't know. In terms of outlooks for these teams, are you kind of in the same boat like London? If, if a roster change is available, maybe you have to look into it because you're just not going to be able to. I don't know. I, I kind of like wanted to hold out faith that like these are four veteran players that you know are smart can maybe do it off teamwork and become like a middle of the pack team. I don't know. I feel like they might have to look elsewhere. I just don't know if they're gonna fork yeah. out the money to make that yeah. work. Yeah, they probably won't actually do that. But it's they're in a tough position right now because you know they don't want to spend any money and their team's not very good. Besides Asim, so maybe they could trade Asim. Someone? Try to get cash in return and just throw it in. They might do that this year. <laughs> yeah. Also, I would like to see some some a little bit better of Nasty overall. Yeah, like we kind of this was a big year for Nasty. Like we kind of gave him a little bit of a pass. He was he was like average last year, I would say. He had his moments where he yeah. was really good, but overall he was like 
slightly underwhelming from what we thought he was supposed to be like a top tier. Like people were calling him like a very top contender for rookie of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And like he was good. I wouldn't say he was a bad player by any means, but he was he was he was okay. Yeah. Now I would agree though. I'd like to see more out of him. But in terms of Toronto, I'm very high on this team. They're uh like forcing me to question like before the stage I said like, yeah, I'm kind of leaning phase to win this one. I just have a feeling, but Toronto's making me question that, you know, they're we'll see how the rest of the matches go, but I'm I'm very high on this Toronto team. I found the boys are going crazy. A very, very good team. Like I think they have a legit case for best team in the game. Although, I mean, New York still hasn't lost and they won the last major. So it's, it's hard to argue against them also. Yeah. Top three for sure. Our next match though, Brock, we got Boston versus rocker. Pretty emphatic three Oh, pretty dominant three Oh for Boston here. Like they, they, they took it to Minnesota. Yeah. To be honest, I do not think this would happen, but it did. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't really all that close of a series. It was pretty dominant. Yeah, was this uh before the food poisoning situation with them? I don't remember. I know the they were like saying that they the food poisoning thing was happening. I think all their cams were on in this match, so I, I think it was after. I mean, I mean before. Okay. So yeah, hopefully it wasn't. That wasn't maybe creeping up on them before yeah but i mean our boys that are supposed to be like the mvp type candidates on this team in the series after with a 0.73 and came with a 0.59 yeah cammy's a little bit of stinker this year so far <laughs> yeah and you know really overall last year he wasn't the best either but like methods vivid awakening i mean overall when you have a series like numbers like this on one side obviously the numbers on this side are gonna be very good that's just kind of how it works but boston mm-hmm. really dominated them apparently like going into this like people were saying boston were looking like godlike in scrims like they were looking like the best team in the game in scrims i did hear um, that yeah minnesota obviously maybe still figuring things out i we can talk about it now because it sounds better if i talk about it during this match than during a um during a win that minnesota had later in the week but i don't know how much you heard of it i don't know if you listened to like the friday's flank but i had a pretty i i was watching like the flank too so i i think i know you're talking about like yeah i don't know i had a pretty i have a, this opinion with sports too like in the world we live in now, and like we're, I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. I'm sure every single person that watches sports or esports is guilty of it from time to time. You maybe give a take that's probably a hot take, probably a little too hot and like really overreaction. And like, I don't know. Like, I know Aix is probably doing it for show because um, he's Aix. He's yeah. smart. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, Aix also, like, it pains me to ever disagree with him because if any of you know Aix is like probably my favorite pro all time. We have like a joke with me and my buddy that I went to champs with in BO4. We were like at the Whole Foods next door Airbnb at BO4 champs, and that's where we met. Aches I've talked about on the podcast before, and we always called him Whole Food Aches after that Whole Food Patty. Um, because we met him in randomly in Whole Foods, like in the freezer. I was just walking out to grab some stuff for our Airbnb to like have some food to cook there, and then like Aches just chilling there, and he like we were just like trying to mind our own business, um, because obviously like he's shopping for the event and stuff. He had a match. It was like. The Friday night, I think, because they played units on main stage, which was like that rated team. The next day, and like Aix was just out grabbing some food. He was with um this guy's name, Joe Fries. They used to work for like Envy. Okay. Or whatever. And like I don't know what I had on. I had like some kind of uh, some kind of esports or like COD related merch. Like I think I might have had like the Courage 0 and 15 shirt on or something. Uh and like Aix noticed mm-hmm. it, obviously, from that point, knew I was probably there for champs since it was so close to the venue, and he approached us, talked to us, 
And I thought that was really cool. And from that moment, I've always respected Aches because he's just a cool dude. Um, yeah. Regardless of what some of maybe Optic fans listening or people listening might hate on him, Aches is a cool ass dude. So I've always respected Aches, but man, the hot takes, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes like there are people that are just average or need a little more time. And sometimes we're just like, if they don't have instant results. We want to call them awful or like mm-hmm. we want to call them great. If they have one good match, like they're the best. Like sometimes people are just solid. Like there's sometimes like players, they're not the best. They're not the worst. They're just a good player. And like in this case, what I'm saying is like, he basically said, blow it up. Minnesota has to blow it up. And like, well, I agree. Minnesota is certainly not playing to their potential. And I may have just said, blow it up for London. I think it's a different circumstance because London, we see the players and we look at that team and I don't just think there's any way we could ever see that London team being really good. Yeah, but like with this Minnesota team, they've definitely been underperforming. I would say like maybe after major two, if they have another terrible placement and don't look like they're improving, maybe you do look at making a roster change. But like when I look at this roster, I see attach one of the all time greats. I see Bance, another one of the all time greats. I see Cami, a player that we know has an MVP tick to him. Afro, a player that we know has like top tier sub talent in him and like teammates like cammy and bands that have worked in the past together like good team players and i see a roster on paper that i think could be very good so it's like let's give them a little time like don't just give up on them right away because like who knows what the alternative is yeah every team is different how fast they progress i mean la you know every time they bring it up on the flank aches it's a terrible comparison but hey you know what la thieves is a very talented team I'm not going to sit here and say that Minnesota is as talented as the world champs from last year, but I'm going to say like Minnesota is pretty talented. Like yeah, they have a chance to become a good team with some time. Yeah. The players aren't bad. Just, you know, in a little rut right now. And Cammy's really underperforming and specifically in this match, but like, do I think Cammy's going to drop a consistent point six? No, I still believe that Cammy could be an MVP caliber player. I don't think Cammy's just going to just constantly be playing this terrible. Yeah. Some boys, yeah. Get out of his slump, hopefully next week. <laughs> yeah. That's just overall my take on the whole hot take culture, though. I just like, I feel like sometimes we just get too caught up in like, this guy played really bad this week and let's jump on him and get the mob, get the pitchforks out, call for their job. And it's like, with some teams, sometimes the talent's there. Let's mm-hmm. let them chill. Like this Boston team didn't even play the best in the first major, but like I see the talent there. I'm like, let's chill. Let's see how they develop. Because like, once again, like maybe they're, maybe this team is never going to win champs. Maybe they're not going to have a chance to win it. But like, you've got to know the alternative is better, has a very good chance to be better to, to reach for it. Cause sometimes grass isn't always greener. Yeah. Just like a uh, LA thieves cold war. They kept switching and switching where they get yep. them nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it went from top eight to top eight, top eight to top eight with one yeah. random, maybe higher finish in there, but it got them nowhere. Like sometimes like, like I said, in the London situation, yeah, you can see why it's going to maybe say blow it up. Cause they're absolutely dead last. And you really talent wise think they're last. Not but I, I think if you told you just pick it up and go go win a tournament i think yeah. <laughs> but if you told anybody they hadn't watched a single match but they know the pros pretty well they saw this minnesota roster they'd say that that could be a pretty good roster that yeah, london roster they'd definitely. say yeah yeah a little different than minnesota than london <laughs> yeah so that's enough on that but that's one thing i really wanted to mention mm-hmm. then our final match of the day on friday before we move on to saturday's stuff was vegas versus surge vegas oh vegas they take it. out Surge 3-2. Very they good series didn't. from Clay. Very good series from Vegas. Are they the best Surge team in the game? TJ was rough, but apparently he's lagging. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, did you did you hear about the... Apparently, he was yeah. sad or something. Or something something had him down bad. Don't, I don't know what it was. Hopefully, TJ's doing good. I love TJ. 
we have a funny story about Tej. Uh, <laughs> you want me to tell it? Yeah, yeah, it's too funny. Uh, I don't think I've ever said this one on the podcast because you technically weren't on the pod when this happened. But like, obviously, Brock so, yeah. and me and one of our other friends went to the major two last year in Minnesota with that LAG one, and it was hosted at a big casino. Um, great place. I hope they have another event there because that was an awesome time. It was dumb, um, but huge casino. Admittedly, though, confusing. Like once you got in, it was a little confusing to find your way back to the hotel, like to the hotel lobby. And Definitely. we were down there like each night after the event, we'd go down, we'd gamble a little bit, play some blackjack, play some slots and stuff. And we're chilling at the slots, and you're just seeing all the pros walk around everywhere. They're playing, they're gambling every night and stuff. And we see mm-hmm. Teej, and Teej walks behind us, and I don't know, he was walking with like Cap or uh, like Capsidal, um, hey, or like someone. Slasher or something, somebody. And he's like, "I'm gonna go back to the room or something." He says, and then Teej is walking by. Maybe like two minutes later, he walks behind us again, and uh, he he's like, "Yo, where am I going?" Like just lost, and like if you know like the the stigma around Teej and like is how he's like the smartest player in game, but sometimes it's like, "Yo, Teej, what are you doing?" People like to make fun of him. He's like, "Where am I going?" Mm-hmm. Third time, he like comes around. He's like, "Yo, where the hell? How do I get back?" And like he's <laughs> laughing, and he knows we hear him, and we're just like. Uh, I don't know. I think it's that way. We're just like laughing with him, and he's like, "Dude, I can't find my way out of here." And we're just like, "I don't know." I just thought it was so funny. Bro, the way he was—he just looked. He's like, "Where am I?" <laughs> like he was absolutely lost. Oh, that was—that's too funny. Like it looked like he might have been lost in there for three hours, based on how like he was just like, "How do I get out of here?" Yeah, really. Because he was definitely confusing. Good, good yeah. on them though. Get, get you lost, lose your money. <laughs> yeah, they get you lost in there, and you can't get out. And you're just like, "Yeah, might as well spin another slot." Yeah, might for real. <laughs> But that was hilarious. That's a funny story about Tej. But hey, they might be the best search and destroy team in the game right now. And TJ might be like maybe the best S and D player in the game. Like this dude's legit in S and D. Yeah, I, I think so. Vegas is also very good in search. Yeah, probably, probably pretty good. They're all pretty good in search overall individually. And like you know, we thought like maybe Pred would be affected by the whole rumors. Pred fried this series the one point two one. He did. Pred still still Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Accuracy, I mean, in terms of KD-wise, actually didn't have a terrible series. He did not. But, yet again, they lost to Las Vegas Legion. And, man, Legion, just another another Game 5. They're maybe the best team in Search and Destroy right now. Very easy team to trust. And going forward, I'm a little worried about Surge, but this is typical Surge. They go up and down. But I think it mm-hmm. could be a little different this time because maybe the whole Pred rumor stopped. It kind of destroyed the team chemistry a little bit. So I'll say... Going forward, a little bit more worried about surge for that reason, but also Vegas. Like you and I were both like on the on the Vegas train from the beginning of the year from the offseason. We thought the Steam had talent. And I'm they're not even playing from the same facility. The only team that has to go through that right now, like they're working Pretty on good. trying to get a facility. And I, I like this Vegas team. They're so good at search and destroy. If they can keep that up and just keep improving their respawn, they're a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky team to Definitely. make some noise. They get the hard point wins up a little more. Play better hard point. You know? Think of a tournament, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I I like this team. I when you're a very strong search team, anything can happen. Good things can happen. Definitely. Feeling like Tej up in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's shout out to Tej. He's playing well. Um, all right, Saturday matches. I want to start maybe flying through these. We're about at like 35 minutes. Want to start maybe getting through these a little faster. Maybe just like briefly talk about the match. Talk about how you feel about the team going forward. Because we apologize, we can't dive deep into every match, but like. Also, don't yeah. want to keep you guys here for two hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Florida LAG, though, Vickel with the hair transplant gets the win. Um, I was so confused at first why he didn't have a headset on. Then they said he got a, a hair transplant where 
he like couldn't have a headset on it or something. Yeah, I'm sure like due to like sensitivity or whatever. But like, I thought that was hilarious. The dude was frying, he scream at the camera. Shout out to Vickle. Yeah, shout um, out. Like, shout out Brack. Yeah, Havoc Brock. No, <laughs> he played well. Brack did play very well in the series, though. Like that's what I. I didn't even really look at the series statistics on this one until now, but I remember when I was watching it, I was like, Brack is cooking them. Like, I was like, Brack is playing so well, and now I see here, yeah, he had uh, the most damage in the lobby as well as a 1.46, and yeah. Shout out to Brack, man. I mean, he he got his chance in BO4, fried, and then never got another chance, and he's making the most of it right now. He is, he's certainly making a case for why he Actually, should belong in the league. Yeah, more than just this year. <laughs> Yeah, and I was a doubter. I was like, yeah, I don't know if he's going to do well, but he's he's certainly proven me wrong right now. He's he's playing very well. Yeah, definitely. I would like to see Major Maniac a little bit a little bit better, but you know they got the dub. Yeah, I would say. I mean, we'll talk more. Maybe we'll give our thoughts on Florida, and then maybe as we get to the other series with Toronto, um, yeah, kind of brush over that one a little more. But my thoughts on Florida, I feel like my my thoughts on them are changing a little bit. I'm kind of turning Florida more into that team that I think is fringe top eight and it's going to just be a scrappy, annoying team. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to stick with you in a lot of series. Kind of feel the same way or? Yeah, I do. Yeah, definitely. I feel like they, their stock has gone up in my mind though. I used to just think they sucked going into the year and like I didn't really change my opinion much on them. But now I just, they can only have so many matches where they are very close. Granted, it's LAG with their new roster, like whatever, but like it's still a CDL team. It's still tough to win. Still um, need points. Anyway, yeah. get them. Like, I don't know. It just seems to me like Florida. They're they're that team in my mind now that has established themselves as like that eight through 10, 11 team. That's just they're just scrappy and they're not going to be an easy out. Definitely like the Memphis Grizzlies in basketball, <laughs> like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, they were always the sixth seed and just never an easy win. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, all right. Then the Gorillas. I left this series. Feeling pretty positive. Watching it, I was like, yo, is Arsides just purposely throwing? That's what, you, like, told, was, that's what you told me. <laughs> yeah, he was just leaning back in his chair, hood up, and like it literally like looked like he wasn't trying. The cast was even saying, I'm like, is Arsides trying? Like, what's going on here? And he dropped the point seven nine. We know Arsides is better than that. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this dude trying? Apparently he got scanned in a pair like eight hundred times and he just had lost complete composure before just the match. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely checked. I will say though, coming out of the series. Assault played pretty well, but like I wasn't really keeping my eye on Assault because like we we know what he brings to a team. Yeah. We've seen it plenty of times. But I came out of the series despite him <laughs> dropping a point eight five for exceed once again. Kind of why you have to watch matches is rather than just go off stats. Yep. And Joe Deceives had a one point oh one. I came out feeling like those are two players that could be building blocks. I was impressed with both of the subs in Joe Deceives and Exceed. Yeah, definitely. Joe Deceives never heard of this before it comes out. Prize. Yeah, and he he was making plays. He was the thing I liked. The word that Zuma loves. They were both decisive. They were oh, both yeah. making plays, hitting cuts fast, and just like they weren't hesitating. They were making plays. Exceed was up in your face, and he may have had a point eight five, but the aggression was there, and I liked to see it. And I'm intrigued to keep watching that sub duo because I, I thought they brought a new pace that the team didn't have before that made them slightly more enjoyable to watch. <laughs> okay, Minnesota versus London. Um, wanted to mention it a little bit. We pretty much talked about both these teams, so we can kind of brush over this series. I feel like so we can save time to go into predictions. But quick notes on this series: it was the Afro show, um, blue game, reverse sweep, ninety nine and sixty three overall in the series of one point five seven. Yeah, the whole team had like food poisoning. Apparently, yep. Um, they they fried them in the reverse sweep overall. Um, 
a tough series for scraps, tough series for zero. ASIM once again, though, was like basically the lone bright spot for Kinda the says. squad. <laughs> yeah, and in the uh, the map one, they only lost by six on the fortress and didn't even really get fried that much. It was ASIM though with a 1.57, 36 and 23. Then they lose the search and destroy where Shocker ASIM was almost the lead on the team at eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Afro went super sane with a 2.0 in the control, and then Afro with a 1.6 in the hard point, and then he dropped a 12 and four game in the search and destroy. It was the Afro yeah. takeover show, and this is what we like to see. Granted, London, one of our bottom teams, so maybe a little bit fluky for Minnesota, but we like to see Minnesota able to clutch up. And like we said, a win's a win, even if it's against a bad team. All these teams are CDL teams, and there's no free wins in the league. Yeah, a win is a win, and they were going through some food poisoning, which I cannot imagine that'd be fun to do. No, I can't imagine it's a super fun thing to go through. <laughs> All right. Got Atlanta versus Seattle, a team like Atlanta we can maybe touch on, but this was also just an absolute fry. This was of like a, a match. 30 minute match, wasn't it? Yeah, Atlanta <laughs> just rolled through. I mean, we were watching at this time, we had the two TVs set up with our buddy over. We were watching football, we were watching um, the CDL, watching mm-hmm. the NFL playoffs. This series was like, I looked up, watched a quarter of the game, looked back down, and Atlanta was about to win map three. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't even catch half the series. But Slasher, um, let's just put it like this. The only thing I have to say in the series, Simp was third on his team in KD, and he had a 1.4. Yeah. It's also a scary scene. If you have Selium going worst KD, 0.97, and you win I mean, like that. Did Selium even have to move today? He had 3,600 damage. He's just relaxing, kicking he back went, up. Think about that. They played two respawns, a control and a hard point, and the dude went 32 and 33. That's like what some people would randomly drop on an actual hard point. 32 and 33. He literally wasn't moving, and he didn't have to move, it looks like. He went, he went four and two in the search with 300 damage. He uh, he's went nine to... and 12 in the control with 995 damage. He was asleep at the wheel, and they three out him. He's working on the snaking spots because they're just running so bad. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say about FaZe, like the one note I have for them, Surge, I'm just like, you got smoked. They might be in shambles because of their whole like team, team change and like their their chemistry might just be chalked. Like we'll see. But the one thing I'll say about FaZe, I like to see Simp dropping a 2.14 in control because like when mm-hmm. FaZe is at their best, they're absolutely like over the, the CDL era, they're absolutely dominant in control. And Simp is like the best control player in the game, and that's when they're at their best. So to see Simp do that and see them 3-0 on control, you love to see it because like in Cold War when they were dominating, they were just unbeatable on control. And then Vanguard, when they were losing to Optic, it's because Optic was unbeatable on control. That is the most underrated thing that nobody talks about is if you can dominate map three, there's a very good chance that you're the best team or one of the best teams in the game. Yeah. Or yeah, and combine that with being a great search team, very scary. Yeah. So uh just Positives for Atlanta. Seattle might be in shambles with the change. Thieves were subliners. Thieves kind of through the series was the overall consensus in the community. Um, once again, this was during the NFL playoffs. We were half watching both. So like didn't have like a super deep dive into it, but like watched it enough to know. Thieves was kind of throwing some maps. The highs, uh, the highs said Heismit. The Hydra and Kismet duo. That's lethal. Skies had a little bit of a rough one, but I don't expect Skies to consistently be dropping point eights. But mm-hmm. I'd say overall for this. New York, it's it's a good win. They beat a tough LA Thieves team. No matter what form this Thieves team is is in, they're not an easy win. Um, yeah, they're defending definitely. world champs for a reason. I'd say for Thieves, like as much as you like, don't want to say like it's positive that they choked some maps. Like 
I feel okay. They were in all these maps with subliners and just a couple mistakes that they'll iron out cost them. Yeah, definitely. I feel pretty good about Thieves. Like they, they played against arguably the best team in the game, very tight and could have easily won this series. So I'm, I'm not too panicked about Thieves at all. Like it, it's like I said, going to take a lot for me to panic on Thieves considering, uh, yeah, considering they, what they did last year. And although like I guess their final think, match of the weekend might make you panic a little more because they got dominated by LAG, but. If they, don't, if they don't throw some maps, they might, might be able to win this subliners match, but you know. Yeah. I'm not panicked on either team at all. I mean, New York, obviously not. They're one of the best teams, but I'm not panicked on Thieves either. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the three matches on Sunday. Toronto versus Florida. Um, I don't have much <laughs> on this match. Uh, this match uh, Toronto. Obviously, Florida made them do that replay. They won it again, and then from there, they were talking... Talking a bunch of crap. Scrappy had a 1.6 in this series. Uh, breaking point joke. Or one dumb because of the replay. Just to me, another classic case, just like the Toronto versus London was. Mutineers are a team that's going to hang around, but sometimes the top dogs like Toronto are just going to just going to wreck them, destroy oh. them on the map, and that's what happened here. Yeah, out talented. Yeah, that's the story of the series for me. Yep. <laughs> Texas versus Boston. Um, this was an interesting one for me. It was actually a very, very, very close series. Um, obviously, it ended up being 3-2, uh, and Optic mm-hmm. clutched up, which was good to see, because I, I really thought when this went Map 5, Boston was going to win just because of the search to destroy reps. Yeah, fact, definitely. Probably didn't have a lot of reps in that. But it's good to see, you know, Optic pulling out the clutch. Yeah. Um, I will say something that uh, is a very positive. Hook played very well in this series. I thought that Optic's pace was much better. Um, Boston once again I feel very confident in Boston for whatever reason Boston might be my team this year that I just have blind faith in to always be like solid mm-hmm. we talked about them a little bit uh, actually we didn't talk about them at all but Boston I'm not worried about them at all they lost a tight series to a, a team that I believe is a potential top four team obviously like I said with Hook I thought they might hit top four didn't know how fast but Boston not concerned with them I feel like they played a good pace but I don't know is that what you thought about Optic 2 I thought that their pace looked a lot better in this series like yeah, really picked it up overall. And, yeah, like team. they they just looked like they were on the same page. Yep, some and new vibes. <laughs> yeah, Scump had a one point two two. Illy and Hook both had a one point one four. Shots at the point nine eight. But I thought like the big thing that seemed great for me was Hook and Shotzi played at a little quicker pace than Shotzi and Scump played together at. Mm-hmm. Hook was able to speed it up more than Scump, um, especially this year. And Scump was able to chill back, and it seemed like the map was really opened up for Scump and Illy, who played at a nice pace together as well. And like the pacing just seemed more on point. They seemed to be frying. And I thought, you know, coming out of this, Boston is a very good team. So it's not a bad win for Optic. Also, not a bad loss for Boston. But I felt pretty good about Optic. I thought the pace looked good, and I feel good about them going forward. And I'm interested to see what they can do coming up here because they play Seattle, who may be in shambles, but that's a tough match. And then they play Toronto. So that's a. Maybe a little bit of a warm-up game with Seattle because they are talented, but in a little bit of shambles. But then they play Toronto. That's a tough match. Yeah, definitely. Good to see Illy, you know, doing pretty good. Yeah, maybe reunited with Hook is what he needed. More comfortable, it seems like. Yeah, the team just overall seemed more comfortable. Yeah, the the Zio's back. And probably going to (laughs) improve in search only from from here on out as they get more reps and are able to play together more. Yeah, I would would say so. And then our final match, Brock, before we jump into our predictions. Uh, LAG takes out LAT 3-1. I believe I saw... It seems like this because LAG like, dominated them in Cold War, but I believe I saw that LA Thieves has never beaten the Gorillas. 
Yeah, like they're like five and zero. Oh. <laughs> so it's not even a rivalry at this point. It's not even the Battle of LA until Thieves can get a match it's, with. It's, it's really not. <laughs> uh, that's kind of wow. funny. Yeah, wow. It's relatively uh, good win here for the Gorillas. I RCD's really stepped up. He wasn't chilling back with his hood up and lost full. Once again, though, Joe deceives and exceed. They may have had point nine eight for deceives and point nine three for exceed, but like. Once again, you're watching these matches like that. Katie doesn't tell the whole story because these guys like they play with an aggression on the map that I really like. And I feel like it opens things up for our cities and assault, which I guess I always say I'd rather have people playing at the same pace. Um, yeah, even if it's like too slow or too fast than playing at different paces. So I guess if their subs are going to be super aggressive and our cities and assault, they're just gonna be a little slower and you know lock things down. I feel feel OK with it, although our cities at times did look pretty good pulling out the sub. Uh, here yeah. there but would it work for them honestly but i i came out of this thinking like you know lag might be able to make things interesting and i still don't think they're gonna be like a top team but like i think they're gonna be able to make things interesting competitive competitive because this sub duo they're they're pretty solid yeah and maybe they can like overall pretty good yeah i was gonna say maybe they could potentially get another player to feel like the flex position kind of you know salt's not really a flex yeah I'm, or they just stick it out. Go see what they can do on the season, though. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested, but like I actually like feel like going forward, like this team has a path to be competitive, unlike the old roster did. Yeah. Steve's once again, it's getting harder and harder to say I'm not panicked because they they lost to a pretty bad team here. But like, still, it's gonna take a lot for me to panic on the the back to back champs from last year and the world champs. But like, you you gotta the panic button has to be like. You're aware of where it is. Yeah. Like before you weren't even thinking about it, but now like you're kind of sitting in the room. I'm looking over at the corner of my room and I'm like, you know, the panic button is sitting somewhere in that corner of the room. I know where it is. Like I'm aware if I need to hit it now, which is like something we didn't think we'd say about LA Thieves this early, but we're aware of it now. Yeah, we are. But like, I just don't think they'll make a change. Like last year, they're playing like even worse for like three straight majors. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't know if they should either, but it's just like, at some point, you have to start to wonder a little bit because you you want to give them you're going to give them a longer leash than pretty much any team because of their history. But like, it has to be on the back of your mind a little bit. Yeah, definitely, I, I agree. All right, let's jump into predictions now. We're about 50 minutes in, so we've been doing it for a while, been talking for a while. But I want to jump into some predictions. Last week, uh, I had a pretty good week. Um, we do our our confidence points where we go, we pick our team, pick the map count. You, you put either one point or two points on it. If you put one point, you get it right. You get one point. If you put two points on it, you get it right. You get two points. You get the map count right. That's a bonus one point. And if you get it wrong, you subtract the amount of points you put on it. So um, in terms of map picks, I went, uh, what is that? One, two, three, uh, six, eight. I went eight and two in terms of our map predictions. And I only I only got one map count right. As funny as it sounds, I got eight matches right, but only one of them had the correct map count. That's kind of odd, I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a little, little odd, but you know, whatever. But I went eight and two overall in matches, and honestly, like the one that I got wrong in the first day was the Minnesota Boston. I'm pretty sure I literally said in the in the in the pod that I was like, "Man, I'm leading Boston," but for some reason, I want to go with Minnesota to be different than you. And I took Minnesota. <laughs> the last one I wasn't getting right. There was no way I was picking LAG over the Thieves. Um, yeah, maybe I should have picked LAG if I looked yeah. at their stat against them. <laughs> and then we also have our one match where we can put four points on for extra confidence points. And if we get it wrong, we lose four points, which you did. You picked LAG over Florida. 
and I got mine right picking Toronto over Florida. Um, uh, unlucky. So I, f- <laughs> I finished the week with, um, we did much better than a major one. We changed our scoring system up than we did, uh, but we did pretty poor. Our week one in major one, I got negative nine. You had negative three. This week I had 12 and you had three. So improvements from both of us. We improved. We're in the positives. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do that same thing. We're picking map counts, putting either one or two points. You have the first choice of your four point prediction for this week since you lost the first week so like let's say for this nysl versus florida match i want to put my four points on nysl but you're planning to do it on that or any of their matches you can veto me from it and then say it so you can veto me for my first four pointer if you're gonna bet on that team but we can't bet on the same team even if it's a different match if you pick nysl i cannot pick them for the week so let's dive into our predictions first match on friday new york versus florida who you got brock Everyone, Florida. Not Florida. Florida. Not Florida. <laughs> NYSL. Holy I was about crap. to say, whoa. Yeah, How much you putting on it? Um, I put in three. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Only one, two, or four. We change up the score. Uh, uh, well, I'm trolling right now. Uh, I'm putting two. Okay. I was about to say, you're worrying me that you're going to put four because I'm going to put, I'm thinking about putting my four on this one. But I'm I mean, trying to look at the rest of the matches to make sure there isn't one that I missed and I wanted to put something on. I know maybe that LAT versus London one, but who knows? It might be. Am I in a... hmm. Obviously, like if I see one later and I want to put something on it, but you decide that you're going to put something on it, I can go back and change one of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save mine for now because I see a match I'd rather put it on, but I think you might also take that match. So I might come back and put four on this one, but. You're putting, what'd you say for your map count? 3-1. Okay, I'm going to go 3-0 New York. I'm going to put two on it. All right. I feel like, kind of like the thing we said with the Toronto-Florida series from last week. I mean, I, you go on the same page with that New York. One of our top three teams, Florida, probably one of our bottom three teams. I think they can make it yeah. scrappy. So I don't I don't mind your 3-1 pick. I think, I think that Florida could make it scrappy, but like, I don't know. Three O's happen, and if there was going to be a series, it seems like one top team versus one of the more bottom teams. Yeah, but never know. They could neither could overestimate Florida and lose. Hundred <laughs> percent. I don't think this is a lock at all. Um, Florida could definitely make things interesting, and I feel like in search and destroy specifically, they could make things interesting. You never know. This could easily be pushed five games, and we all know when it gets to a game five, anything can happen. Yeah, definitely. All right, Seattle versus Texas. Mm. Optic versus Seattle, maybe a couple weeks ago, this would have been a little bit better match. Maybe there's a little bit extra fire on the line for Optic because of what Seattle did to them with bread. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to pick here. I feel pretty confident in my pick, actually. I'm going to put two points on this one as well, and I'm going to go Optic 3-1. to one. I feel like Seattle are just in shambles right now. They did not look good in either of their matches this week. I feel like it's maybe a chemistry issue with the whole Pred situation, maybe them being upset. And I just overall think that, like, Optic look good. I think they're going to be more practice. And Surge looked very poor last week. So if we're going based on recent performance, Optic looked pretty good and Surge looked pretty terrible. So that's basically yeah. my very simple logic behind it. You said two points, right? Yeah, putting two on that one. Um, three zero Optic. Run it thirty yeah, you, minutes. You're kind of on the same boat. A team, a team trending up and a team trending down. It's hard to to bet on the team trending down. Yeah, Hex is subbing in. 
Hex is subbing in. Let them know. <laughs> Hex is going to sub in. The owner or GM, whoever he was talking about in Seattle, are going to sub in, and they're going to go to war in a 1v1. <laughs> Won't that be something? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, this like seems like too easy of a pick, so we'll probably end up getting it wrong in Sergio 3 ohm Smoke yeah, him. That's how this works usually. <laughs> but like, it just seems like it's like the tr- the classic thing. When I'm making a pick, I see Optic as a team trending upward, Surge trending downward. It's it's pretty hard to say like, you know, one team is getting worse, one team's getting better. Let's pick the team that's getting worse. Like that's a hard pick to make. Yeah, I I definitely agree. All right, are we gonna are we gonna agree overall on the day? This is a good day of matches. This first day. NYSL Florida, a scrappy Florida team, and then Seattle versus Optic. That's a good match. This last match is very good too. Toronto and LAT. Although LAT hasn't been great lately, like I still feel like this is a matchup of two good teams and thieves in Toronto. Yeah, I am gonna pick LAT three two. Okay, so you're gonna go. We are gonna split because I'm definitely taking Toronto. I, I talked earlier. Point. You're putting one point. Yeah. I mean, I talked about earlier how much faith I have in Toronto. I feel like Scrappy's going to get up for this game because it's a bigger fan base team. He's going to be ready to, you know, talk his stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to put two points on every match in the day, so I'm only going to go one in this one. Let me say it's a three-one Toronto. Just feel like Toronto's a much better team right now. I think Scrappy is so far the MVP of this stage through the first two qualifiers, and I definitely agree. I think Toronto's also ascending to potentially the best team in the game right now like making their claim for it. Um, and I think thieves are in a little bit of a spiral. So once again, kind of like this last series where Texas is ascending right now and Seattle is maybe falling. It's hard to pick the team like LAT that's falling from me right now. So three, one Toronto, though, one yep. pointer on it. Yep. I'm going with the upset. As okay. Boston versus Vegas, Brock. Oh my Go God. Go with Vegas again. We know you're a Vegas guy. I have to, uh, I'm going with Tiege. Three, two. All right. This is uh this is a, I'm excited for this one. This might be of the four matches we talked about. Actually, this one might be the one I'm most excited for. It's a good matchup again. It is. I don't see it is a good ass matchup. I'll play two points as well. You went Vegas three two. I think I'm gonna flip it on you. Are I think you? I'm gonna go Boston, but I'm gonna go three one. Simply because I feel like if this goes to a game five, I would lean Vegas mm-hmm. because they are the better search team and. I, I do think, yeah, if this goes game five, I think you're right. I think Vegas takes it, but I think maybe um, Boston's able to take it in three respawns because they are probably the better respawn team. I'm only going to put one point on this because for whatever reason, as odd as it sounds, I do have confidence in the Legion um, to <laughs> make this go. close and potentially win it. As, as weird as that sounds, I'm not used to saying that, but going Boston 3-1 just for the respawn diff, but I, I will say I'm admittedly nervous. If it goes to a game five, I wouldn't feel very confident picking Boston. Yeah. That'll be a good matchup to watch, honestly. I'm excited for that one because, like, once again, it's a matchup of those teams that, like, in my mind, Boston and Vegas are pretty close to the same level. Mm-hmm. They're both like in that middle, trying to figure out if they go towards the upper middle or bottom middle. So that'll that'll be nice to see that matchup. Yes, LAT versus London. Uh, Maybe a better matchup than we would think going into the week, because they're both kind of on a, a downfall right now. I know. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna pick LAT again. Yeah, LAT I was fed right now. Away. Three to one, and I'm putting four points on it. This is your four pointer. Okay, you saved me for my my four pointer. Then, yep, I'm doing it. 
I was not going to do that, but I'm going to pick LAT. I'm going to say this one goes to a map five. I think it's really tight. It's maybe a turning point for Thieves to kind of figure things out. Um, I'm going to put one point on it only with a 3-2, but I think, I I don't know. I just, the reason I go one point on here too is because I just don't have confidence in either of these teams right now. I think Thieves are going to figure it out, but like right now, I just don't have much confidence in them. Yeah, right now, just like, I don't know. Like they could be in their, I mean, they're zero and two right now. They could be in their their zero and five stage, like they had last year. They could be on that. You never mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going three two for them. One point on it, but oof, it's not a series I feel confident in. Honestly, like that's our fifth match of the weekend. It's probably the one I'm least intrigued to watch. For being honest, yeah, really. Like the rest of the weekend, I'm pretty interested in every match. That match is just, whew, that's like the snoozer of the weekend for me. Yeah, that's like I'll go go do something for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, maybe an hour. <laughs> All right, Optic versus Toronto, not a snoozer. This will be an interesting one because obviously Toronto the better team right now, but it'll be a good, especially if Optic's able to beat Seattle, and even if it's in like a pretty good fashion, like this will be a good measuring stick for where Optic is at because Toronto is arguably best team or top three team in the game right now. Yeah, this will be a good one. Oh man. I can go first in this one if you want me to. Yeah, you can go first. I'm going to pick Toronto on this one. I'm going to say they win it. I picked a, picked a decent amount of three ones. I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to only put one point in this one again just because it's a little shaky for me, but I'm going to put one point on Toronto and a 3-1. Um, I like Optic. I think they're going to keep improving with this roster, but to me, I feel like they beat Boston, who's a good team. Uh, in a 3-2, then I think they play Seattle early in the weekend. I think they beat them, like I said, 3-1, maybe 3-2, who's a, another decent team talent-wise, but is maybe in shambles. But then they hit Toronto, and Toronto's a different beast, like I said. They're one of the top teams. I think maybe Optic doesn't have enough time together as a team and is maybe not ready quite yet to beat a team like Toronto, so I think 3-1's fair, but I'm excited to see this one, because if Optic does beat them, then who knows, the the hype train behind Optic could be pretty unreal. Yeah. I'm. I am also going with Toronto. That's what I was thinking for. But I'm going yeah. three, three two fashion. Okay. Game five winner. I do feel like once again though, if this goes game five, you probably do favor Toronto regardless, just because of the time together and reps in search or destroy. And who knows? Optic could just three them. <laughs> yeah, I mean this. This is an entertaining series. I'll be excited as long as Optic hangs around and plays very well and keeps the response close with their limited practice and like their their less time as a team together i feel like you should as an optic fan leave that series feeling pretty decent about about it if they're very competitive overall because toronto is a very good team pretty good about the team going forward yeah okay last match atlanta versus minnesota which has led to some bangers um in the cdl era they played some crazy matches in cold war um in mw they had like maybe one of the craziest finals that um on that what was it what's that map called hackney or minnesota broke that hill last second like the most insane break um these teams have had some crazy matches however this is my four point match atlanta 3-0 minnesota right now like like i said they're a team i want to see them stick together because i think they have the potential to do something but man it's just Atlanta, I think, is hitting hitting a roll. I already said I believe that they're probably going to be the team that wins this major. Going into the stage before we saw any matches, they were my favorite. And Minnesota right now is not playing well. Atlanta is. Even if they don't win 3-0, I feel pretty confident that they're going to win this one. So that's why I want the four points in this one. 
when uh when you're arguably your best player is selling the Dolphin for all series, it's kind of worrying for the other teams. Yeah, considering the maybe the best player in the world didn't have to do a thing and they still dominantly three would Yeah, yeah, that's I definitely am, a concern. <laughs> I'm also gonna go Atlanta, the three three to one, three to one. Giving them the search or what? Yes, attach will give you one. Doesn't matter how. I'm putting one point as I'm putting one point only. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm putting two points. You're going to put two points on it. Okay, okay. I was hoping you were only going to put one because I feel like it's a pretty... I was thinking about something else, and then, yeah, I was trolling for a second. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I definitely would think that that's fair. Because I... man, Atlanta's got to be, like, the team that you feel most confident in almost every match because, like... There are some, even like the best teams. Like, I guess I don't think like Toronto or New York, but like even a team like Optic, like I picked them against Seattle and we view them as one of the better teams. But like I could easily see Optic coming out and kind of throwing up a bad series in the board. But like I can't picture a world where FaZe comes out and gets dominated. They could lose in any series, but it's just hard to pick a world or predict a world where FaZe gets dominated. Like I can't even imagine it. Like, Honestly, I, I can't remember a time they got 3 0, like 3 0 really. I think it just happened for the first time last year in the CDL era, but I don't remember who it was to, but I feel like I remember it happening. And then people said like, Oh, it was the first time they've been three owed. And maybe it might've been thieves like late in the year. That, that would make sense. Honestly, that could be a complete lie. I could be completely lying, but I remember them getting three owed and people said it was like the first time they had been three owed in like the CDL era. And it was like, wow, we're three years into the CDL era. That's, that's crazy though. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Moving on to Sunday. We're uh we're pretty in sync overall in our picks. To be honest, it might come down to like map counts and confidence points we put on matches because like our only differences are the LAT Toronto match in the first day and then the Boston Vegas match mm-hmm. in the the second day. We only have two different predictions so far, but we've got Las Vegas versus London. I'm assuming we're probably going to be on the same page with this one as well. Las Vegas. That's what you're picking. Three zero. I like it. I am gonna two points. Go. We're going crazy. Two points. Yep. I am gonna go. I was maybe gonna say three zero, but I'll say three one to get a little different than you. I'm also gonna put two points on it on the side of Vegas. Um, I just like Vegas right now. Like we said, we're not huge believers in London, and I am. Uh, I'd be buying a lot of stock in Vegas right now because I think stock is still pretty low. And mm-hmm. I think that they're a very good team. I think we're gonna see them consistently fighting for top sixes and maybe a little better once or twice. So I like Vegas in three, one here. I think London might be good enough to take a, take a respawn off them. It's definitely fair. Just big, big Vegas fans these days. (laughs) And Vegas just has that, that tool in their back pocket. Like just get us to a map five and we're the favorite. Get us to a map five. Like they just have to do that. And if they win earlier, that's just a bonus. Mm -hmm, Definitely. SNG wins championships. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Speaking of S&D teams, Minnesota should be a really good S&D team. Always have been. Got LAG versus Minnesota. Are you going to go with your LAG boys? No. And then they'll probably win this one. (laughs) You're not going to go with them? I'm going to. It would be close. Minnesota 3-2. Damn, I was going to go with the exact same thing. How many points are you putting on it? I'm going to put one. Yeah, I'm actually doing the exact same thing as you. That's fair. I mean, Minnesota 3-2 <laughs> with one point because this series is like Minnesota just should be able to win this because I just feel like their team is so much better but they just haven't played like it and like honestly 
I thought almost based on their last series, I thought LAG might have almost played a little better than Minnesota did last week. So like, this seems like it should be such an easy prediction, but I'm only putting one point and doing three, two as well. Cause like I, this, this is just like a flip a coin and I'd be okay with the outcome either way with who I'm picking. Yeah. It's like Minnesota, you pick them higher though. Disappoint you sometimes. And LAG, it's like, I want to have faith in them because like they just had that good series, but also was that a fluke? Could they lay a dud next time? They certainly could. Definitely. Then we finish it out, Brock, with a final match of the week. NYSL versus Atlanta. Probably the match of the week. A very, very, very good match here. Potentially our top two teams. You know, you can make an argument for it. Yeah. Where are you going here? I know who I'm picking. Your your, your pick is... uh, I was going to say, your pick's not going to affect me. ATL. Three. One. One point. Man. That's the exact series score I was going to pick. <laughs> We're pretty in sync on the last day. I'll I'll just say, screw it. We'll put two points on it, but I'll say 3-1 Atlanta. Two points. I feel like uh, we haven't seen a lot of New York. So we only got to see the one match last week, but they looked very good. Definitely, definitely, definitely believe New York would win this series, but I don't know. I just think there's but, something like about Atlanta always. It's just There's just always something about Atlanta. Like They're just so hard to pick against. Yeah, like you said last week, you know? If you want to get it right, you you just bet on Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, if you pick Atlanta, they're they win like eighty percent of their matches every year in the in the qualifiers. So like, if you pick Atlanta every time, it's going to be a net positive. Yeah, like they're never going to have a a stage probably where they go under five hundred. If there's five qualifier matches, they're probably going at least, uh, at least three and two. Yeah, it's, in those so. matches, like it's just it's just what they do. So I'm, I'm picking Atlanta also. 3-2, or sorry, 3-1 fashion, but two points on it. Alright. Overall, that, pretty pretty similar. Yeah, well, I mean, what on? But, Sunday we have the same teams, and then we only have one different team on Friday, one on Saturday, but obviously, map counts if one of us is able to get map counts, and then our confidence points that we put it on as well will we'll shift things. Like, yeah, you end up getting that uh, LAT versus London match around with your four points, or I end up getting my Atlanta match around with four points, that'll be a big swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's it for predictions. That's pretty much it. We can wrap it up. We've been going for about hour, hour ten, hour fifteen minutes. A little bit longer of an episode today, but like as we get into predictions and like more deep dives, especially following tournaments and stuff, it's pretty typical for episodes to get over an hour. I mean, there are multiple times where Kyle and I we almost went for nearly two hours. Like sometimes it can get really long when we start to really deep dive matches. But we we want to talk a little bit more news, so we don't want to keep you guys too long in deep dive, but. You got anything else, Brock, before we uh, wrap it up here? Um, not really. I just feel like Tej. Yeah, feeling like Tej. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the best search destroyer player of the game right now. Honestly, might be. He's up there. Definitely. All right. That's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Like I said, if you're listening, you got to this point, and you're not subscribed, we'd greatly appreciate the support if you dropped a sub. Still, it's like 66 to 70% of the people that listen and watch on YouTube are not subbed. So drop a sub if you aren't already. We're two away at the time of recording this from the 900. That'd be a big milestone to hit. And then uh, obviously the big emotional 1000 would be the next one. But we got to get to 900 first. We still have to get there. So we'd appreciate you guys to drop a sub, drop a like. Comment down below your thoughts on the whole Dashy versus Rambo situation. I'm sure there are a lot of people that have a lot of thoughts on that situation. Um, comment down below some predictions for the matches. We want to hear them. If you guys are on the audio platforms, drop a five-star review on there. We thank you guys so much for watching. The continued support is is pretty unreal. It's like 
every time I see the continued support, I'm just thankful for it because it's interesting journey from MW to now and to see we're approaching 900 subs is pretty wild. So thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you in the next one. Hope you guys enjoy watching the matches this weekend. I'm looking forward to them and I'm looking forward to talking about them next week. So thank you guys so much for watching again and we will see you next week.